0: Hello.
1: It's time for the Hadit dot com radio show. Oh. Hadit dot com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA.
0: Uh-huh. If you need
1: help with the VA, log on to Hadit dot com. Now, here's your host Gerald Cook.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the uh, main to the Hadit podcast. Uh, we're here with our co-host uh, Jay Basser and uh, stretch our technician and on this 7th day of April 2014 and uh, so I want to welcome you all there and I want you to know we're sponsored by the HADAT website and our call in number, be sure to call in now uh it's 347 237 4819 Our call-in number once again is 347 237 4819 So if you have a question or comment for Mr. Basser, please call in. Now uh here we are with uh, John Basser with the Basser Hour. And uh today we're we're gonna be talking a little bit about the the BA math. Now I don't know about y'all, but it's got me bum puzzled. Uh John, can you explain this BA math to me? I never have figured it out. When I went to school one of one was two 2 it's poor. That's but true. But this VA, that don't seem to hold true.
1: Well, years ago, when the whole system came into focus and into play, uh, the VA would assign a disability percentage to a person and they would get that percentage. And uh, some... Uh, cloud hopping genius decided that he was going to develop a system to give you a residual and uh, so excuse me the residual is the biggest issue on VA math and the way it works is if you have a hundred percent rating you're a hundred percent disabled because you know everything the the hundred percent as far as you can go as far as percentage wise so they decide, okay, this guy. If they give you a fifty percent rating, and you get your fifty percent rating, then you're then you're fifty percent rated, but you're fifty percent uh, efficient. You have a residual fifty percent, so you've got fifty left over. So you get an additional ten percent rating on top of the fifty percent rating. It should be sixty, right? Well, actually, well the it ten, percent be it should be, but the actual the ten percent doesn't go off of 100. It's 10% of 50, which is 5. It'll still give you 6%, but you're told you'll be 55%. So after you got that, and uh, so you're 45%, or whatever it is. Or, no, yeah, you're 45%. So you get another 10%, oh, it's 4.5. Another percent, like that. So after, the way it works out is, you're going to have to have a boatload of ten percent just to even get a hundred percent.
0: Well, who in the world dreamed that up? That's the biggest right. mess I ever seen.
1: Okay, so for example, if you have two fifty percent ratings, you got your first at fifty percent, then they give you another fifty or fifty percent. So fifty percent of of fifty is twenty five. So they'll make you seventy five or eighty percent service connected. You follow me
0: well, yeah, I do, but uh it hardly seems like right, John. Uh, well, that's know. the way it
1: is, yeah, it's and uh we've had several issues on the site and had it over the years people that are uh, they uh uh been awarded uh t v i u and they're paid at the hundred percent rate and now the regulations are pretty clear it states total it doesn't say it doesn't say a hundred percent. So if you've got a total disability and say you're 70% and they give you IU, you're considered total. Then if you have another disability equal to 60%, then you're supposed to get an SMC. And a lot of folks didn't, you know, they've been fighting this back and forth. One guy even went to court over it. And uh, so it all depends on how they, you know. And they're using the combined ratings table for that too. But in my opinion, if you're 100%, you're done there's no way well, after
0: 100% well that's my thinking
1: yeah but they're still using the combined rating table over and above so people that deserve a higher level S&C are not getting it because of the combined rating table that's
0: uh John that's nothing other than just lowballing a poor veteran's claim
1: well that happens Every day. Well, I call it cookies. You know, they give you a cookie here and there. And uh so but that's what happens. I mean, they try to, you know, well, let's give them 10%. Maybe we'll shut up and go away, you know.
0: Well, I don't know. What's a veteran's option? What he's got to do then is turn around and come back and reapply, try to get uh uh PDIU or something like that to offset.
1: You know, always uh, keep it open. Always nod if you if you don't agree with something. Make sure you let them know about it.
0: I absolutely <clears> I agree with that. You have to, let to them know, folks
1: take it all uh, the way through.
0: Uh,
1: take it all take, the yeah. way through the system
0: uh, because chances are they have a little you. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, and this is just another means of ripping the poor veteran off. It, it, it's hardly fair. If you've got fifty yeah. percent for this and fifty percent for that, to me that's a hundred percent. I mean what else yeah. are you gonna say? That's true. It's not it's not fifty percent or fifty percent.
1: Now there's some ratings that you know it's, it's understandable because you take a person that loses a leg an amputee. Uh-huh. The maximum the max he's gonna get sixty percent for that. Well, well that, that should get, now yeah. that
0: that's more understandable. They have that already cut in stone. Yeah. Uh, uh but some of these other issues uh, should not apply. And I figure a poor guy loses his leg, he he deserves a hundred percent anyway. Yeah so he loses a leg or an arm, as far as I'm concerned.
1: I think it's a service connection for lost use of leg and foot myself.
0: Well, it, yeah. You know, you do have a good point there.
1: Because, yep. you know, I mean, then what's he going yeah. to do? I mean, he's going to have a, if it's above the knee, he's not going to be able to walk very good. oh Yeah, they can put a stump on him, but he's going to hobble. Uh. He'd be able off, but other than that, you know. yeah that's you know this is a it's just a system put into play to uh you know it it it's not very fair you know to the veteran again there's a lot of things that it's not fair they try different things every day like uh for example if you know if you've got ptsd you can't have a diagnosis outside the va it has to be done inside the va or they won't listen to it because that's why they wrote the regulations last year yeah you know, they're stacking the deck in their favor, believe me. Not, there's nothing going to be beneficial to the veteran.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only way a veteran has to combat this in, John, is through the uh, applying the nod, applying for notice of disagreement. Uh,
1: you're right, Gerald. You are exactly right. Now, folks... If you disagree with someone's decision and you think it should be, I advise you to go ahead and write your nod out, get an attorney on board, and take this thing as far as you can take it. If you have to go to court, take it to court. If you get to court and win, then under the Equal uh, Act for Justice Amendment, if you win at court, then all your attorney's fees and stuff are paid out of the fund that the government set aside to pay these funds. But and I have would, to go
0: to, go ahead, I would, uh, uh, I would advise anyone that's got this type of rating, which I know there's a lot of veterans out there that have. Mm-hmm. Um. If you dispute it, don't hesitate. File that notice of disagreement because it's the only chance you got. I mean, you can gripe and holler and carry on. Soap it, it don't change a thing.
2: No, it it
0: it, doesn't. You have to to do things the way it's structured to do, and it's not easy on the veteran. It's It's just more heartache.
1: Well, it's been like this for years. I mean, it's, you know, they've tried to improve the system over the years, but uh, frankly, it's a. there's a reason it's like this it has been made that way, you know. Um, once the uh, decision's are already made and all the paperwork's done, you know, because if you don't uh, NOD a decision and uh, you have something to expire, say if you've got a 6% disability rating that you deserve and they give you 10%, then uh, you don't appeal it and don't deny it, then... That's the same thing as you writing them a letter saying, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I agree with your decision. That's the same thing. So, yes. you know, you uh-huh. have to do your NOD. And you take it as far as you have to go. You take it all the way to court if you have to, you know, and always get help to do it. I mean, if you get a good VSO or a good attorney, you can, you know, you can just about take care of things. Just uh, be careful with uh, VSO and stuff because... Uh, once you get to the BVA level, or court level, you're liable to get remanded, and then uh, if it goes to the Pills management Center, it's a that's, that's not a very good thing. So, uh, attorney can probably keep it out of the AMC. So, just uh, you know, you have to choose wisely in your representation.
0: If if you can possibly secure an attorney, uh, I believe I would go with an attorney, due to the fact that when it does get up to the court level. You really do need an attorney. Uh, most uh, VSOs are not qualified attorneys and, and not allowed to pa- practice law per se, but um, uh, don't hesitate. If you can get an attorney, get an attorney. And and there are uh, a lot of good VSOs out there. Uh, you do have to screen to them and find one you're comfortable with and know they'll represent you uh, diligently.
1: Ah. Well, Gerald, we, we've we got a caller.
0: Oh, we have a caller. Oh, caller. Uh, this
1: is the, I think it's the one and only T-Bird.
0: Oh, T-Bird, uh, T-Bird, welcome here to the podcast. Do you have a question or a comment?
2: Well. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, great. Well, I just want to let the audience know that on the Blog Talk Radio website and the address for our podcast is blogtalkradio.com backslash haditcom. There's no dot in there, just H-I-D-I-T com. And on today's show, I've put some links to the combined ratings table and also our VA service-connected disability calculator. So hopefully that information uh, will be helpful to our audience, and it's available. I also posted it in our forum. So, oh, that's
0: great, T Bird. Thank you.
2: You're always busy. Oh yes, I'm always busy.
1: So it's uh, Blog Talk Radio backslash Had It Com, right?
2: That is correct.
1: Okay, so Had It come, I guess will be
2: short for Had It Communications. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, I've added, you know, for people that are, you know, that may be having trouble finding us. Uh, they can go to hadit.com and then at the top of the menu bar there is a link for the podcast and I've embedded the Blog Talk Radio player on that page and they can also listen to the archive shows over there. Well, that's nice. Yeah, and I have plans to have links to all the archives back before we came to Blog Talk Radio. So, but... Not to interrupt your talk about. Well, what's
0: your take on this VA map, T Bird? It it just drives me up the ball. and I well, think it does other veterans too. It it hardly seems proper.
2: Well, you know, this is how I, I'm kind. I'm I'm going. I looked at it kind of from an out. I tried to step outside of thinking about this VA math and how they did it and tried to look at it a different way. Is it really a problem with the math? And this is what I've come up with. Okay. Somebody can be 100% disabled, but they can't be 200% disabled. However... Uh, 100% disabled or 80% disabled can be paid at a higher rate so that you're really getting paid more. So they can add it up to 80 and use whatever kind of math they want to. I just think they should increase the rates. And once, you know, so if you get, you know, oh, I can't do that. I'm sorry, I started to get up and I'm attached to the computer. So I'm just, you know, and I'm not saying that that may make sense or not to anyone, but I'm just wondering if that might not be a different way to approach it because, Uh, the fear of having to pay out more money might cause them to adjust. Like, for example, if you lose a leg, if you lose both legs, you know, you can still work. I mean, there's Tammy Duckworth or Senator Max Cleland So it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be to compensate you for lost wages. You lost both your legs, okay? You're going to need help for the rest of your life. It's not just wages. Right. It's caregivers. Aid attendants, everything. Aid and everything. And I think, you know, if you just... You know, if you, it, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, now if you get it, if you say, okay, well, disability compensation is to compensate you for the wages that we think you would have lost, yeah, then it's one risk. thing. Yeah. Right. So there's the earning capacities, and, and what I'm saying is maybe that's just a part of it. And maybe there's the whole, and, and, in that and in, included in that compensation is the earnings capacity plus you know if you have a mobility disability you're going to need about this much extra care if you have a traumatic brain injury you're going to need about this much extra care i'm not so sure i know that we have special monthly compensation i'm not so sure that that i you know so that's just my.
1: Uh, you know, one take it time, from what, what you will. At one time, T Bird, there was a an idea floating around. This has been several years ago. If you remember this, they were going to give uh, the S and C levels. They were going to take and give them a twenty five percent increase.
2: Oh and, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And that, I heard
2: uh, about that and unicorns.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that and unicorns so that disappeared faster than. <laughs> Faster
2: than the unicorns, apparently. <laughs> I've heard tales of such things. And then that that one, I've by never the way seen one with my eye. Well, I mean, they're making veterans every day. Okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a lot more technology, adaptive technology that is available out there that can help veterans lead more productive lives, but they have to be able to afford it. Now, I know the VA could come back and say, well, you know, your doctor can write you a prescription or you can go to Vogue Rehab and get you into the independent living program, but we all know what another huge burden that puts on the disabled veteran
1: that is true it's a big burden you know it's a I mean, huge
2: it, it, burden you
1: know i'm i've never even been to independent living or voc rehab myself you know but uh you know i guess i could go but you know what's a reason to go
2: well you know i don't know if they're still doing this but a few years ago Uh, I got reports, and they were on the board. There's members from different states saying that when they went to their voc rehab, this actually happened to me, but I didn't follow through because, you know, it was just like, screw it. Uh, when they went, they called their voc rehab or they stopped by the voc rehab office. And, they, and if they could actually get a person, uh which is tough, was tough for them, Uh, they asked them about the independent living program, and they said, well, first you have to come and you have to go through the vocational rehabilitation orientation. We only hold it once a month, and we held it at this time in a crowded room, uh... (laughs) I'm sure the other VAs have a very open room, but these were the things that I was hearing. Crowded rooms and you know, and the veteran could and they were like, Why do I have to sit through this? I already know I can't work. But so a lot of veterans were just like, Yeah. Now I don't know if they're still doing it that way. Uh, when I called up to just ask a question. I called up to just ask a question. <laughs> and they stuck
1: the show.
2: Right, they refused to answer my question. They just repeated to me the script about I had to sign up for the workshop or the seminar or whatever they were calling it. And uh and uh it only happened once a month and you have to go to it and before they can even talk to you about anything.
1: Well, it's a game, T-Bird. You got
2: to play their game. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just done. With games, I'm done. Which is, <laughs> well, I guess, my website name says it all. So, um, you know. So anyway, back to this VA math thing. So, my point is, are you know, are they comp You know, should they be compensating you for earnings loss? Yes. Should they also figure into that an increase that compensates you for? caregiver support, adaptable equipment, you know, things where, you know, and if they did do that, wouldn't that cut down on a lot, you know, or maybe maybe they could change the special aid and attendance around. I mean, you know, I don't know how long it's been since any of that, you know, the rating compensation rates, how long it's been since anybody's actually reviewed those.
1: It's been a couple of years. I know they've done a uh, the committee I think it was back when Bob Filner was, a, was the chairman. That They were doing a, uh, a system that tried to increase the SMC rates. Of
2: course, it went but, Oh, not uh, the SMC rates necessarily, but just the compensation rates in general. For example, uh I have been receiving compensation since 1991. Uh we have never gotten anything other than a cost of living and sometimes not that. So and when, and when I was at the VA uh in 91, I talked to some veterans, and they tell me the same thing. Oh, I've been getting my compensation for 10 years, and all you ever get is cost of living. So I don't know when those compensation rates were set into place, and if they've only been increased due to cost of living rather than some sort of like, you know cost of living study and compensation for earnings capacitation and compensations for adaptability, you know, things and caregivers and all the other things. So do you see what I'm saying, John? So is you know, I don't you know, I don't know I you know, they, they I don't know when it was actually set up. It's gonna be this and uh from now, you know <laughs> For all I know, in 1947, they set the rates, and all we've been getting is cost of living increases ever since.
1: Yeah, I I, I would predict them to try to cut the rates instead of trying to increase them the way it's going.
2: Right. Well, you know, I mean, here's the deal. (sighs) The military is not a job. You take right. You take an oath, and 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 in that oath, you surrender some of your will. It doesn't matter if you agree or not. If they say go, you go. Uh, and uh, if they say do, you do. And. If they break it, their oath back to you was that you would be taken care of. You'd have medical care. There's a compensation in place, you know. And hopefully you would never need it. Hopefully you would, you know, do your 20 years and get retired and, you know. I mean, like, I never looked, you know, I knew hey, you know, if I get hurt, they're going to take care of me because that's what they all said. And and that's what I read. You know, I didn't read a lot, clearly. And, uh, but it never really occurred to me to look into it because uh, I had not been deployed to a combat zone. And I was just focused on, you know, doing 20 or 30 years and getting out it was a and so and i you know when it's sort of like when you're in the military and they say hey you know (coughs) if you screwed up in the military they they take care of you so then when you get out you don't understand you have no i mean the okay so you You leave your civilian life, you go to boot camp, and you're in a whole new world. You've never seen anything like it. And throughout your military career, you're often left to ponder, you know, what the fuck over? (laughs) And uh, and then you finally get that down, you get out, you get into the VA system, and you're right back to pondering that question. What the fuck over? Mm-hmm. that's true. So that true. but I digress. But I, well it appears the oath you took
0: is quite different than oath the military took. Um uh, in some cases they have stood behind their oath, um uh, but in all too many cases they have not.
2: So Right, and let's make it, you know, and I mean, here's the deal. You know, there's the Veterans Veterans Affairs, you know. There's the Veterans Health, which handles all the hospitals. And I mean, I, I hear my share of complaints about that, but I hear a lot of high, you know, quality things about a lot of compassionate people. And it really just, just seems to depend on people and that probably has a lot to do with the corporate culture that is instilled at the various VA hospitals which is probably different as the states they're in. And then there's the Veterans Benefits Administration which is the part that really frustrates us. And when you first come out of the service or since let me say it this way. When I first came out of the service, I was just a bit of an idiot. and Because as I was talking to the doctors, the VA hospital, nobody ever said anything to me about filing a claim. I didn't... You know, I... Well, I... You know, I, I was just barely functioning. And so... It was like 3 years later before I realized, oh my god, they don't talk to each other. They don't for some reason I had them connected with each other, and I think that may happen to a lot of our vets.
0: Yes, I do too. I think you're absolutely right.
2: Cuz I've heard I've heard veterans over and over say to me, well, when the doctor diagnosed me, he never said anything about the claim. And and is that the doctor's job? I don't know, but it sort of should ought to be part of the orientation for a veteran, which when they sign up for their VA hospital benefits, which I don't even know if they have an orientation. I know mine was like, oh God, here's another one. So she
1: I mean there's us. you
2: know like why don't they have like these you know I mean you could a booklet so veterans who aren't electronically savvy can pick it up when they're at the VA or veterans who are electronically savvy can just download it from the VA onto their tablet or laptop or Kindle or whatever they have uh, that says if you have to call an ambulance this is what you need to do in order for the VA to cover it. If the ambulance takes you to another hospital because of this, this, and this reason this is what you need to do this is the office you need to call this is the phone number. If uh, you know if the, the VA hospital does not report anything or inform you of anything about your VA benefits, please see, if your doctor has diagnosed you with anything, please see a veterans representative located in blah, 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 blah. I mean, these are just like, what, why can't we do that?
0: Why can't well, we? aren't they, when they muster out now, T-Bird, aren't they better uh, uh, instructed on these uh, different things than when we uh, we got out of service? I know well, when I got out, they said, Good riddance, <laughs> don't let the door hit you and then. in. Uh, and that was that, you know.
2: i tell uh, you, when I got out, My executive officer of my squadron called me into his office, and I walked in there, and it was already suspicious because he said, have a seat on the couch. So I sat on the couch, (coughs) and he got his coffee, and he came over, and he sat in a chair, and he crossed his legs, and he looked at me, and he goes, now, what's, what's all this crap I hear about you leaving the Navy? And I said, Oh, sir. I said, I gotta go 'cause they really think medical medical's gonna kill me. <laughs> and 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 we had a long talk but because I was so um I didn't realize I had PTSD at the time, but um, I did. So uh uh, and he, I mean, he did what he could to talk me into staying in. And uh, and, and it was quite impressive. And he, he wrote me the best recommendation I ever got from anybody in the Navy when I left. It, it started with the line, it is with a heavy heart. He's like, why the hell would you want to leave the Navy? You're so good at it. I said, I think they're going to kill me. Now, if he had, hadn't had thought, he thought I was kidding. I was actually serious. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. I don't know how I get on that story. Sorry, guys. I did have to take my Xanax this morning before I called in. So, if I drifted. Please feel free no, to... No,
1: you're fine. Yeah, I You're fine. Too, you're all right, bird
0: B-Bird. Don't worry about
1: it. Yeah, we were just doing... It wasn't too much of an event, though. We were talking basically about how they, you know, how they do the combined rating schedule. Right. You know, because they they give you a residual, I guess, after you get your rating. Yeah. And then any other rating you get becomes a percentage of that residual. It goes on down the line, so... I, we're trying to calculate how many 10% it'd take a person to get 100%. Oh, God.
2: Use the calculator on the website. It's so much easier because it is... You just have to... You know, like, for instance, I came out of the service at 50%. And sometime later they gave me an additional 50%, which made me, of course, 80%. 80. (laughs) Which was my first introduction to VA math. (laughs) And I kept saying, say that again. (laughs) And they're like, well, you're 100%, right? And I'm like, okay. And they're like, So we said you were 50% disabled. I'm like, right. And they're like, and then we said, oh, for this, you're 50% disabled. And I said, right. And they said, but out of that 100% of ABLE, there's only 50% left. So 50% Mm -hmm. of 50% is 25%, so you're 80%. And then, <laughs> and then I think I locked myself in the bedroom or in the bathroom. Saying, "I'd
1: like to like, meet the genius that done that to put that together."
2: It's like, and I get my. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'd and, like uh, to meet the genius that made that chart up. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, I think you know the... I'm not saying that, you know, you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just saying it may need to be revisited.
1: <laughs> and, well, well it should water. be
2: revisited anyway because, you know, we have different types of injuries and it's 2014 and we know a lot more about certain types of injuries that we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: yeah, well, that's true, especially about uh, PTSD as well as uh, TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury.
2: That's absolutely right, traumatic brain injury, military sexual trauma, which yes. is, would be filed under, there's not actually a military sexual trauma claim. I don't think you can file, but I think you file Dependent under trauma. trauma you're. Like a thaw so, or like that. Right. So, you know, and also we know now, say, that if you have such and such and they need to treat you with such and such medication, you are going to get such and such. So let's just deal with that all at the beginning, okay? (laughs) I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, but it's... It's a, a unique system in itself. Not well, adversarial.
2: It it's a unique system and it's a you know, and it's a it's, it can appear to the <coughs> veteran uh as a bit of a cluster. Yeah, check take picture. And uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, if it wasn't, you know, actually, here's an interesting thought. You know, the other veterans are sort of okay being around other veterans. And I think that mitigates a lot of the rage and anger because they're all in the same boat. It it does, as we all have seen and perhaps experienced, it doesn't get rid of it. But I think it helps the veteran cope. But my point was, it's so important to know that VA health care doctors and therapists it's not their job to tell you about claims, and it's been my experience that they do not yep. i mean occasionally do i mean my i had uh uh like i had just excellent excellent p t s d care at the menlo park v a hospital in the nineties And uh, and it was very inclusive, and you know, uh, they. uh, I I think it was my therapist at the time suggested that I file a claim, and uh, so and I was just totally flabbergasted because I was like, "Well, why? You know, I've been talking to, you know, this, you know." freaking muckety-muck over here, psychiatrist, and he ain't never said nothing about it. Nobody told me I could file a claim for that. I don't think I should file a claim for that. I don't think I'm entitled. And then, you know, and there was another few months of the whole, was I entitled to file a claim? And, uh, you know, validating and, convincing me through therapy and then, you know, and then I did and then I got my other 50% which of course added to my original 50% equals 80% so there, and so we're right how'd you like I segue this right back into VA math awesome yeah good direction <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I mean, I think, you know, maybe, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, and, you know, and there's, I mean, we know a lot more, like I said, about the medicines, about different injuries and their, you know, secondary conditions that are more likely, less likely, or will occur from the medications or the injury or illness itself also there are have been a few wars and a few smaller things that people forget about that have and it will continue as long as warfare continues brings uh, to the stage uh, unique and new and, and some would say signature wounds of that particular kind of battle. So that, all I think, always needs to be addressed and looked at. I don't think you can just... I mean, for instance, you know, when I was in, there was Panama, there was a Grenada, there was uh... the first gulf war there was the bombing in beirut lebanon there was you know john you know about the soviets off the coast there was that
1: and, you <laughs> oh, know lord yes yeah that was probably so, more tense of grenada
2: <clears throat> well you know uh... i didn't realize that at the time but the first veteran the first person who ever gave me their drama story was actually a Grenada veteran. That I just he was a Marine and uh <laughs> I was on base in the movie theater and uh I just happened to sit next to him and uh he seemed I don't know, for some reason something made me ask him if he was okay. And he just started talking to me, and it was like he had all this, like, pent-up stuff. And uh... Did you hear but the story
1: you... of the sergeant? Did I what? you hear the story of the sergeant in Grenada?
2: No, what's that one?
1: He was, uh, I guess they were under fire, and uh, their communication was down. They couldn't get a hold of nobody. They wanted some artillery fire or something or some kind of support. So he picked up a phone and called his base. <laughs> <In North Carolina.
2: laughs> Identify, adapt, and overcome, baby. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Oh, oh God, I love fucking veterans. They're just they're just the like, and military people. They're just the most ingenious, self-starting bunch of people who you'll ever want to meet. They make great yeah, okay. entrepreneurs. It's
1: a medical school or something. They were trying to evacuate, wasn't
2: it? If I remember correctly. I think it was a medical school. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. So. Yeah, this guy, you know, it was really eerie because that was, what, in the 80s and uh, I remember this guy had this just I didn't realize what the look was, but this look in his eyes at the... And he just kept saying, you know, we were holding... You know, they were pointing their rifles, and they were telling these people, you know, to just stand still. And some would just keep coming forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have no choice but to fire your weapon. And... uh. And then, so then later, in 1990, I was talking to one of my nephews, and I had two nephews that were in the first Gulf War, and he said the same thing. And just this, like, oh, my God, this guy is going to make me kill him, because he just, he's going to force, and, you know, it's, it's all to get your head around because all you asked him to do was stand still, you know, in the guy's mind as they explained.
1: Don't freeze. Don't freeze him.
2: Well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, it's, that was the burden that Marine was carrying that night in the movie theater. And, uh, man, after finished talking to me, because, you know, how it is at the base movie theater, a lot of people aren't watching the movie. And... You know, uh, so you
1: can get a lot of good information. Just uh, I like talking to World War II especially those serving in the Pacific on these islands. Cause, uh, oh yeah. I, I talked to a couple in the water canal, and the Japanese would do bonsai, bonsai raids. They would send hundreds at a time, you know, running as fast as they can run towards you, and uh, it was a turkey shoot, you know. Right. But, uh, that's how that's how they work. You know, that's how they rope.
2: Yeah, and, uh, You talk to some of the Korean wire vets and they'll tell you, you have 50,000 screaming Koreans coming at you and they're blowing horns and they're screaming and things are, you know, bells are, it's just like, you know.
1: I'll tell you what, T-Bird, there was a lot of Chinese in there too.
2: Oh, well, yeah. That's what I, did I say Koreans? I meant to say Chinese. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, But, you know, it's war. I mean... I don't see... You know, people don't... They don't get that. They don't get that the peacetime military is... just training and waiting for war and maybe engaged in things they're not even aware of. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, and here we have a lot of our brothers and sisters that are, you know, assaulted and uh, by, you know, soldier-on-soldier violence. And, uh... Anything. Yeah, it's just... It just goes on and on and on, on, on. You've got the
1: problems, you know, in the military that's, you know, non... You can get hurt real bad <gasps> in non-wartime situations because you know a lot of the jobs are dangerous themselves.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> we, jet engines were right outside my window and we had to get them up in the air and they, you know, one turned wide once and almost went through the window. We are like, five bucks says he doesn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> but you he did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to Millington? Yeah, I've been there.
1: Sheila worked in a hangar. She could step out her door and step in the cockpit in that <laughs> fourteen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hangar. I was over in the hangar. Uh, and then where the admin was, we called that the Ivory Tower. Hmm. So, but enough about that go back to your so do you see what i'm saying about va math i don't think it's just about i think you know okay you know combined ratings i think maybe we just need to like look at the you know maybe the maybe we need to look at actual compensation rates you know, and special compensation rates. Maybe there needs to be something adjusted there. And with what we've learned about various... Like somebody with TBI, you know, that's varying degrees. Somebody with TBI uh may very well be able to go out and eat lunch at a restaurant but not alone because when if they get up to go to the bathroom they won't remember where the table is right so which is happening to a friend of mine's husband now oh. and uh so you know these there's no uh it's you don't have to be a, a drooling uh completely dementia person to need assistance with some of these injuries.
1: All right. You're right, T Bird. Now, you were talking about, uh, you know, maybe trying to get the compensation system changed. That's not a bad idea. Um, That's going to take a lot of effort, though, on a lot of people's part, because you're going to have to contract your representatives and Get the idea, get the seed planted, and, you know, uh, I guess the Veterans Commission could look at that. And, uh, you know, I'll bring something like that up to the coalition meeting next week here in Kentucky.
2: Right. it has to be done through somebody who already has an organization in place, the Veterans Commission. You know, one of the service organizations. mm -hmm. And then the service organizations have to join hands together. Right, And reach out to all their membership and all the people who aren't members to get on board just this one thing. Nothing well, you else. Think the
1: American Legion of If Vib- they was ever going to get along, T-Burton.
2: <laughs> they have to come together because n- with numbers equal votes. And votes mean action. Mm-hmm.
1: You're know, too hard. are hard to get along. I've seen them in action.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they are hard to get along. It's you know, it's uh, it's life is freaking hard. But one bill that all the serving organizations support all the service organizations send out the same message. All the service organizations have le- legislative action centers now where it's really easy to send uh, either a response that's already been written for you to your representatives or you can put in your own response in support or not in support of a particular bill. They have everything in place to do that. They need somebody I mean that's just one bill mm-hmm. everyone I
1: see a twenty five percent across the board increase myself
2: well uh I don't think we i you know I think that's not the way to approach it uh, saying I want to see a twenty five percent increase mm-hmm. Makes sense to you and me, but to some people in Washington. Uh, because you know how like sometimes what somebody says is not what you hear? So saying we want a 25% increase...
1: Let's put it on the curve over several years.
2: Yes, but people can hear that as compensation-seeking veterans, which we've had enough of that BS going around. Yeah. So what I would say is what we have now is not adequate for what is going on now. Plus these have not been uh these new conditions and these you know, new things that we're finding out and these new meds, you know, have not, not you know, been considered for this long. And we think that compensation needs to include well, it's based on the, it's, and
1: it's based on summer. the manufacturing environment. Mm -hmm. and uh, so there could be some studies done on the actual industry, you know, like automotive manufacturing and things like that, and look at the salaries of the people that work at the auto plants and things like that, which is a whole lot higher than veterans' compensation.
2: Right. And then if you get into people who have high-tech careers, I mean, for one thing, it was set up after World War II, so it was set up on a manufacturing environment because, you know, that's kind of where we were. (laughs) But now there's a lot of white collar workers, and mm-hmm. people coming out of the military you know are a lot of them are doing white collar type jobs because technology has increased uh, so those are much higher skilled mm-hmm. jobs than say making widgets mm-hmm. all day, mhm. The Rose and (laughs) And God bless her. But, I mean, the world is changing. Those technology jobs, those manufacturing jobs that the rating schedule is based on don't really exist anymore in America. The
1: majority of them is is gone.
2: Right. And the people who are getting out of the military... Uh, and they have to have a certain amount of specialized skills because of the technical equipment that they have to use, maintain, repair, live with, sleep with, eat with, love. You remember? Care? That, you,
1: you remember when Reagan fired air traffic controllers? Oh yeah. Remember all the guys getting out of the military, getting out of the Air Force and Navy, going straight into sixty thousand dollar a year jobs?
2: Absolutely.
1: I mean, it was a big old influx of them. I mean, that's over half the controllers left the military.
2: Well, if you were gonna, as a controller, if you were gonna leave, that was the time to leave. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, but so you see, I mean, it's based on uh, after World War II manufacturing environment. That's not really the environment we live in anymore. Uh, World's changed. Right. right? And. People, uh, you know, that are going into the military, you know, I mean, a lot of those people have, you know, they have higher skill levels than that. And uh,
1: okay, so this guy, this guy goes into service, and he drives a tank. Okay, what's he gonna do? When he gets out,
0: drive a bulldozer,
1: drive a bulldozer, or something like
2: that.
1: <laughs> Maybe CBs can get a job in construction. Folks, guess what? We've got uh, about a minute and ten seconds left.
2: Oh, I am so terribly sorry.
1: Oh, that's fine, T. Berna. We thank you for coming in and talking to us. We do appreciate it. Any, time you call in, you make our show better.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> I appreciate that. Really? Uh, well, I am uh, I was glad to be on the show today, and I'll let you close out.
1: Okay. Well, guys, this is Jay Bastard. We'll be uh, signing off here. Let me... We'll play the, the show ending, and uh, uh, thanks for listening. And Tune in next week for the Jay Basher Hour. You've been listening to the Had It.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Had All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Had It.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Had It.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show.